look into the 150th Psalm, verse 6, Psalm 150, and verse 6. So this is the last Psalm of the book of Psalms, and this is the last verse. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. This short ending psalm of the book of Psalms, 150, is completely about praise to God in every way, from every direction. And it ends with, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise was always up front with David. We find that, you know that from reading his psalms, any of these uh, uh, words. Regardless of the depth of despair he may be in, he came to praise very quickly. Major praise that was on his mind, it was before him. And the Bible repeats praise and glory to God constantly from all creation. All of his creation praises God. And that's from all through the Bible. You can look at uh, a minor prophet like Habakkuk. We know very little about him. In fact, his uh, the book of Habakkuk is, consists of only three chapters. But let me read you what's right in the middle of even that. Habakkuk 2.14, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. He is sure to get something like that in. Isaiah, which is a marvelous, the writings of Isaiah are marvelous. But we find in the sixth chapter of Isaiah, when he experienced something and he got a real revelation, and his eye opened to the glory of God, and what a difference it made. It made no difference on the earth being full of God's glory. That's there regardless. It's always been. But what it affects is us individually, if we can grasp that in any manner, and the more the better for sure. And Isaiah, he was contemplating on God, and we find that he said, Behold, I saw the Lord of hosts lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And amazing, uh, uh, spectacular seraphims were flying back and forth and saying one to another, Holy, holy, holy unto the Lord, the Lord of hosts. And and he saw as he watched that, in fact, there was so much glory of God going on. The, the very side posts of the door uh, way were, were shaken. The temple was filled with smoke. What a revelation and a realization. And, so, and Isaiah could do nothing but say, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips from what he just saw. And I dwell among people of unclean lips. But yet I've seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Like, what do I ever do now? 
don't know what to do with myself. I'm, I'm out of place. And then an angel came with tongs and took a live coal from off the altar and came and touched his lips. He said, thine iniquity is taken away. Thy sin is purged. And he, uh, he then heard a voice saying, who will go? Who, who will I send? And who will go for us? Well, that would obviously, this is in the presence of the glory of God and the heavenly beings. And here on earth, who will go for us? That's quite a statement to a man on earth. Who will go to declare the glory of God that others can experience and realize what God really is, what he's all about, the one and only creator, lover of our soul? And so what had just happened to Isaiah, he said, here am I, send me. What else could he do with what he experienced of the glory of God? God, the glory of God and praise, whether you see him or not, and there's a lot to see otherwise around the world when we're just looking at man. But regardless, the glory and praise of God will always be there. He created it all. And it's amazing, even as you read, uh, it's, it's, it's brought up continually. As Moses was pleading with God for the wrongdoings of the children of Israel when they just come out of Egypt, and he was pleading earnestly for them. And what Moses said, or what God said in Numbers 14, 20, and 21, it's just interesting how he ends this purposely. And the Lord said, I will pardon according to thy word, his pleading, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of God. That's a matter of fact. That is there to stay. And that's the part we can't dare miss out on that. Isaiah was completely consumed, completely changed. And his duty in life and purpose in life was completely directed by experiencing the glory of God. And there was so much more than even what he experienced. And David felt this deeply all the time. Just as an example, in Psalm 19, 1 through 4, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. So he felt what he must do, an example of what he must do is in Psalm 109, verse 30. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise him among the multitude. That's what the Lord was asking from Isaiah. So God's, God's creation praises God. Automatically, they do exactly how God created them. They continue to do that. The creation of God has a built-in praise to God. 
God designed it that way. They have a built-in praise to God. So where does that leave mankind? If the very nature, creation of God all around us, the world we live in, has a built-in praise to God, where would that leave mankind, who was created in the image of God, who has was given a living, eternal soul? Wow. So where would that place man? That means we have built-in praise. We have built-in praise. Whether or not people have properly found it and properly offered it up to the Lord, which belonged to him, whether they even realize that, regardless of how they live, they have a built-in praise. It might be completely buried. They have no idea it's there. They may not recognize and acknowledge God, but they have praises down there somewhere. They have a built-in praise. And how, how important. We don't dare want to miss out and leave that, not find our praises to God. They're built in for Him. And so uh, they are there with the purpose to give, offer to God because they belong to God. Especially the way he created man and all he has done for man. Man has praise. Whether he, he has, we are built with praise. And we praise things, don't we? We get excited about things. And sometimes it's amazing what we might, a man might rave about. And praise and praise. But it's liable to go anywhere, but he has praise to give. And lets it out, and and it takes his attention, it takes his this enthusiasm, and I'm not saying that's all bad at all, but uh, it makes life, it real, it's a real flavor to life. But as we know so many times, uh, we can give praise to the total wrong things for the total wrong reasons. Meanwhile, our praises, real praises, deepest praises, most first and glorious praises, belong to God. And well, meanwhile, nature all around us is praising Him all the time. And so the time came when the Lord on earth was in Jerusalem and heading to the cross. Who was He going there for? For you and for me. He wasn't going there for creation. He was doing fine. But man needed a Savior. They had it in the Lord Christ Jesus. Promised from the beginning of the world with all that creation. Man needed help. Though man would be, should be, supposed to be, the very first thing to praise God of God's uh, creation or the cap chief of his creation. And so, there was a crucial time when he was in Jerusalem and he was headed to Calvary. His purpose. He was heading to Calvary. And let me uh, read in Luke 19, 
37 through 14, 40, 37 through 40, Luke 19, 37 through 40. And he was come nigh, even at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that he had, they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Praise in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if they should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Amazing, that's God's creation again. But they praise already. But this wasn't time for stones to cry out. Stones, stones are stable things, aren't they? God purposed stones to be stones when we know what we know about stones. They don't move easy. They're not supposed to move easy. Many things of other, other things of God's creation, including man, depend on the stability of stones, solid rock. When uh, this time was so crucial for the time of man crying out, and it's a good thing he did, it's no wonder it's when he, took, he came to earth, and we know the Christmas story, and when the, the, the Christ Jesus was born there, in a manger, remember the passage of the angels appearing to the shepherds? And they had glory. They had an announcement to the world, which was to man. And how do they do it? They announced to the shepherds, suddenly, with a multitude of heavenly hosts, not just angels, the whole host of heaven. I can't imagine what that would have been like. No wonder the angels were hardly knew what to do with himself and rushed down to see the, 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 the new Savior in the manger. And heavenly hosts praising God, taking glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill towards who? Goodwill towards men. What a time of praising. Our praises, therefore, is for man we, we want our praises that God has given us. More than maybe we've stopped to realize are down in our soul. We want them to be in order. We want them to be where they belong, and we want to handle them where they belong, where they, be, they belong to go to. And this is our sacrifice. I'll read that in Hebrews thirteen fifteen. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. That's our sacrifice. Christ was heading to Calvary to pay it all. Everything. But our sacrifice is the fruit of the praise of our lips. Given to God. Offered up to God. Because they belong to him and we want and the more we realize those praises are there, we want to give them to God. They belong to the Lord. And they're praises God gave us to give back to Him. How much do we really have to give to God? Not much of anything. But God instilled in us praises. First praises for the right reason to God Himself. And 
at this time when he was in Jerusalem and he was heading out of there over to, up to Calvary, he was on his way. This was the completion of the prophecies of the Messiah through the word of God. This was the completion of the entire thing. It was time for man, kind and man alone, to give his praises that belong to God for what God had prepared to do for them, give the life of his own son for our salvation. My, thank God, we have a lot to praise God for. So much to praise God for. And thank God he gave us praise. He gave us built-in praise that are there. Many times we can wonder, how do I pray? Thank God. Praise God. Just praise Him for all you can think of. Give Him praise. What a difference. Remember that song? The praise goes up and the blessing comes down. That's good prayer. That is a good prayer. That is good prayer, period. It's what, uh, it's what makes all the difference. And it was time for, uh, for a man to, they had to cry out. There was a, there was a, a compulsion for anyone that recognized God at all. There was a compulsion to praise God. They had to. The stones were ready to do it. And stones are not known to be anything like that. Uh, it's not like the, the flowers that open up or the, the 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 trees that grow tall and they and they head towards heaven and they and they they bloom they spread their leaves and now uh, stones is interesting because in first in second Samuel and in Psalms we we hear stated God the rock of our salvation pretty sturdy but he's the rock of our salvation in second Timothy referred to God is the foundation of our foundation. Foundation of God. And Ephesians, and in First Peter, we read, He is the chief cornerstone for our salvation, our spiritual stability, to stand firm before the Lord on the God's salvation He's given us, and do what? What can we do? enjoy salvation, but give him praise. And that is not hard to do. The more we do, the easier, easier it is. As far as even that goes, there was a tomb waiting to hold the Lord for as long as God designed, which wasn't very long. It was carved out of stone. There was a, a stone, a tomb of stone waiting for the Savior. There was a, a door of stone ready to be rolled in front of it to hold him until angels and three days later came and rolled it back. And the tomb, made of stone, would give up our one and only Savior so he lived again so we can live. We can live eternally. Yes, it's no wonder if I, it's just in our Finite thinking, those are the things that came to my mind. So it's no wonder there was a compulsion of mankind at that time, of anyone that was following God, interested at all. They had to praise God. And someone tried to stop, and the Lord said, they have to cry out. 
They have to pray, give praise. They can't help it. It's in them, and it's time to do it. So that is a lot to think about, isn't it? Thank God he's given us us praise. And do we need things from God? We do, don't we? We have needs here tonight, all kinds. Even those, thank God, salvation is the first thing we need. But there's so many needs in this life, and God knows that. And it's interesting how that is stated in Philippians 4, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, thanksgiving and praise go hand in hand. You start praising God, you can't help but thank him too. It's just there. Praise and thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Sometimes we can feel so burdened that we don't, it's all we can think of, but that's a good time to just stop also in that burden time to thank God for what we know He has done already. Thank God for Lord, what I know for saved. Thank God for that first. And so many prayers He's answered before. So many things that brought us to the point of this great need again. But thank God and what a way we're told. That's the way to approach God. Don't be afraid of what you ask for. Be careful. Don't have to be careful of that. God is... With God, all things are possible. God's never confused. God always knows what to do. He's way ahead of us, but yet and he knows what we need, and he's never late. So we come with praise and thanksgiving unto the Lord. You know, when we pray for salvation, our main prayer first, of course, we surrender and we repent. We have to come clean and come honest with God and just repent. Surrender, I need God's forgiveness. I need his blood to cover my sins. That's why he went to Calvary. And we get the joys of salvation changed. When we need sanctification, we pray for sanctification. Why would we do that? Because we have a desire to, a desire for holiness. We have a desire that we'd like God to be pleased with us. We'd like to be pleasing to the Lord in our life here on earth as one of his examples. Remember, he told Isaiah, who's going to go? Who's going to go for us? The hosts of heaven. My, my. And all we have to do, first thing we do, just get our praises in place. What a difference it makes. And the Lord sanctifies us wholly. What about praying for the baptism? That sound can be kind of awesome sounding. Power for service. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, that's so God can lead us as a child of his to use us effectively in the most effective way uh, that, that, that he, in the ways that he wants to. And many times maybe we're praying for our baptism and, th- and think, oh, Lord, I've got to come down through a whole list of everything I, I'm willing to do. And perhaps even try to figure out what might he be calling me to do specific. God didn't ask us to do all that. We come to God with willingness and with praise. That's all we have. Come to the Lord with a willing heart and give him praises from the depth of your soul. That's how the Lord fills us. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. And we do not want any dormant praises still lying there 
that we haven't dug down and dug deep enough in our soul and our being before God to find them and let them out. Because the Holy Spirit's coming in, filling us. So what do we do? Let the praises out. Let the praises out. Just concentrate and dig deep between you and the Lord. Dig deep in your soul, before the Lord and your heart. Give him all praise that you can find and muster up. Make sure they're all coming up and offered to the Lord. God is pleased. And the blessings come down. That's when the Lord baptizes us. We can't do any more than that. He, he gave us built-in praises. And all that's all the Lord is looking for. And we give the praises that belong to him. And we there's just, uh, uh, sometimes we can think, you know, we think, well, that, that's hard work. That isn't hard work at all. We just, it's nothing we have to do. When, when we, uh, you know, it's a treasure. We think of it as a treasure. We have a treasure God has put in our heart. It's simply praises to Him. And so we dig deep in our heart and soul to find that treasure, the praises that belong to God, and they just ascend on up out of our soul unto the Lord, and the Lord does everything else. They belong to him. You know, one of the, one, one of the wonderful things about salvation, when God saves, are we saved? One of the wonderful things of salvation with all the many joys that come in when God saves us is we also, when God saves us, we find some of our own praises we didn't even know we had. We found our own praise for God. Other people praise him, but we found some of our own. What a, what a thrill and joy that alone is. But oh, there's so much, so much joy in just heading towards the cross with all of our heart and let God do all the rest. We might wonder, but what can I give God? None of us have anything God really needs, but we have something that belongs to him. We have our praise. We have it. He gave it to us. He gives us a hunger to seek him, and we have praises that belong to him. So we just do our best to dig down and find them all and send them up to the Lord. That's the glories of the gospel. It's a glorious gospel. It's a glorious way. Ask Isaiah if we could. But we thank God we have his word, and thank God we can be right in line. We want to be right in line with that heavenly host that was glorifying and praising God and giving the, the, the wonderful message of all mankind to the shepherds. The wonderful thrill that was right there when, when uh, they were, the Lord was heading to the cross. Thank God we have them. They're built in. We see a lot of people that don't even know it. You think of that. They're so far from God. They have praises. That's sad, isn't it? They don't even know about. They can give them to God. What a difference. But thank God we know what we know. Thank God we can do what we can do. And when they have another opportunity to pray, we'll stand and sing song 489.